Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 22nd of August 2019. I'm, of course, your host, The Real, Gerald Quinn, discussing the world of sports and pop culture. As always, this podcast is streaming live on my YouTube channel. Check it out on Blog Talk Radio as well. Sometime it's kind of late right now. Try to get in probably early, late tonight, early tomorrow morning the place uh spotify uh fm.com um first of all i gotta apologize for this late broadcast as far as normally i do shows on monday um i was gonna do a show on tuesday but i'll tell i'll tell that story later on in the podcast um it was funny and funny and scary at the same time on why i didn't uh do the in our 24-hour news cycle that you know, you feel like when you talk about something that's a hot bit, you know, a hot topic, you know, your last 24 hours, 48 hours, normally 72 hours is kind of like the max. But in regards to the Jay-Z NFL deal, there's been something, it's, it's a week old right now. So it's, today's Thursday. So this, in essence, this deal was made, I think, last, last Thursday. I feel the same way then as I do now um, with all the information here in the press conference with everybody's reaction. And um, as a black man, as somebody who understands the struggles of being black, but wouldn't rather uh, wouldn't rather be any other color, um, I love it. Uh, despite, you know, despite all the racism and racial injustices and everything that we have to deal with, especially as black men, it really hurts my heart to see or to hear some of the things that have come out that have come out of this deal in regards to Jay-Z, the NFL, Colin Kaepernick. Um, my respect for Colin Kaepernick has even jumped higher than 10,000%. Like it, it was already at a high level, but it can't get any higher at this point in terms of what he's having, what he has, has to deal with, with these fake, fake ass woke, woke black people who are on the air, have platforms, and have used their platforms to either kiss the NFL's ass, kiss Jay-Z's ass, and basically and trash Colin Kaepernick. So my, and Colin Kaepernick stands strong. He continues to do what he does. He knows in his heart of heart that his NFL football career is over. But he's going to continue to do what he does. What he does, what he does. I don't care if he doesn't ever speak, because it's not about what he says. It's about his actions. I guess the thing that has kind of got me angry over the past couple of days in regards to the situation is just us as black people accepting this shit, accepting this and finding ways to now to allow the NFL to basically divide and conquer. Like the NFL, look at this deal. The NFL got everything it wanted. No one's talking about Colin with, you know, why Colin Kaepernick took a knee. People are talking about number one, Jay-Z. People are talking about um, this deal. People are talking about what Jay-Z is going to do. Then you got a, a cohort a cohort of people saying, you know, fuck Colin Kaepernick. He shouldn't be the voice or uh, he shouldn't be the voice or leading the, the movement. Colin Kaepernick never said he was the voice or never said, never claimed to be 
Martin Luther King or any other Harriet Tubman. Never claimed to be that. He took a he, he kneeled. It cost him his career. He continues to fight, you know, fight the great fight. I just I I just don't understand why we can't see what the hell is going on with and what and what why can't we see what the NFL is doing? And the fact that Jay Z is being used by the NFL, he's being used. Period. Jay-Z didn't need the NFL, not 1%, to promote social justice or injustice or to, or to use the NFL for resources uh, for social injustice. Jay-Z is a billionaire. Jay-Z is one of the iconic hip-hop figures on the, in, in the history of, of, the, of the world, ever. The NFL doesn't need Jay-Z. NFL is a $16 billion a year corporation. What the NFL did with this deal is to A, take the spotlight off Colin Kaepernick, or to or B, which they have, they have accomplished both, turn people against Colin Kaepernick, preferably black people against Colin Kaepernick. And they've accomplished both of those. The NFL, the NFL is absolutely laughing. Roger Goodell and company are laughing. There, and you know, let's let's cut through all the bullshit here. Jay Z wanted, wanted to be an owner. Period. He wanted NFL ownership. It's just that simple. And I think eventually he'll get it. He'll get you no. Know, he'll get the five. He'll get the the, the token. There won't be any. Is he gonna be making any serious moves as far as hiring black coaches? Have that type of power? Hiring black general managers or even hell, a fucking black offensive coordinator? Because God knows we don't have a, we don't have enough of those in the NFL. No, it's not going to happen because the NFL the NFL is not going to allow it to happen. The NFL is a dictatorship. Period. No one. Not Jay-Z. Not no one. So this idea that this was a deal that was great for both parties in terms of the NFL, uh, the black communities, social injustice, everybody, every, you know, this idea that everybody won is a bunch of bullshit. Everybody didn't win. There's one. There are two winners. No, there, there are two winners. The NFL won and Jay-Z won. Social injustice is not winning with this deal. It's not. And I don't understand, again, how we as black people, those people who are knocking Kyle Kaepernick, don't see the fucking forest from the trees. I don't get it. I really don't. I don't, I don't understand you. I don't. Two, a year ago, two years ago, you had Jay-Z ripping the NFL. Had the Kaepernick jersey. Two years later, he's shaking hands with Roger Goodell. Just like that. For what? 5% ownership? For what? Because don't tell me it's for social injustice, to advocate social, for social injustice. You don't, don't need the NFL for that. 
And the NFL doesn't give a shit about black communities. If they did, Colin Kaepernick would have a job right now. Period. So, I think that we just, we, I, to me, I, again, I think that my respect for Colin Kaepernick has even has skyrocketed. Um, I'm not going to be on this fuck Jay-Z tip like, like people on the opposite end saying fuck Colin Kaepernick. No. I, I listen, Jay-Z is an icon. Jay-Z, again, he's a, he's a cultural icon of hip-hop. He's done plenty of great deeds as far as, as, far as prison reform. He employs a number of uh, African Americans throughout, you know, throughout all his businesses. No, I mean Jay Z is the American dream, coming from, you know, starting, you know, coming from nothing and becoming who he is right now. He's the epitome, the epitome of the American dream. But let's not make let's let's not make Jay Z out to be this social activist. Let's not confuse him with Dick Gregory, Martin Luther King, Stokely Carmichael, Malcolm X. Let's. This comment. That's not even not even Al Sharpton, for that matter. Not even confusing with with somebody like that. When you are about the cause, you're totally invested in the cause, in the fight for prejudice, injustice. It's not pretty. It has nothing to do with money. It is grimy. It's it's you know blue collar. People who are out there doing the work like that, some most of the names you know you never even heard of, but they're just doing the work. They only got a bunch of cameras. They're not doing it for for likes on Instagram, none of that shit. They just they are just out there doing the work. I would have more respect for Jay Z if he just came out and said, "Look, I want to own a team. This is my way of owning a team. Maybe you know, this is my way in the NFL. I'm this is." Period. I, I wouldn't agree with it, but at least I would respect it more. At least I would have more respect for it. But to me, even worse is us as a people, African-Americans, not even seeing what the NFL is doing. How they, how they use Jay-Z. We got, like, we got to expect more. You gotta know your worth. Know your worth as an African American. Please. Don't settle. Don't settle. You know, we live in a capitalist a country, but everything is not about money. Everything shouldn't be about money. There are more things, there are more important things in life than money. I do believe in self-respect. Integrity. And again, anyone thinks that Jay Z is going to be a, become a majority majority owner and have power, real power, out of based off what? And the NFL is entering its hundredth year. How many black owners have they had? How many black majority owners have they had? You do the math on that one. You do the math. So we are nearing, again, the 100th NFL season. Um, still 
you know, in week three of the preseason, you'll see the starters getting most. This is like a dress rehearsal for the starters. Obviously, teams are trying to stay away from any major injuries. Um, Derwin James, the great safety out of San Diego, is already going to miss a, or miss a number uh, a, few, a couple months. That's that's a devastating injury for a team that has, you know, championship and championship aspirations. Um, Couple of, I mean, as far as the other things going on in the NFL, of course, you know, the hard knocks, Oakland. Then, then the Antonio Brown thing. Here's the thing about the Antonio Brown situation that I, I, I don't understand. So you've been doing, you've had the same helmet for the better part of the last 10 years, right? And you would think, based on Brown's reaction, you know, filing grievances, going just berserk over his helmet. You would think that this helmet is the reason why Antonio Brown is the best receiver in football. Like it, so it just has it has nothing to do with your hands or your route running or your understanding of the game, your work habits, practice habits, workout, you know, year-round training. That has nothing to do with that. It has that this it's this magic helmet <laughs> that allows you to make catches that no one else can make. That's the thing that's that's just that stood out to me about that situation. I'm like, dude, you, I mean, it's really in his head. This helmet is this this thing is really in his head. He really believes that he cannot function without this helmet. It's going like you can the easy the easy kind the easy um thing to say would be calling him a diva and what have you. You know, selfish. And those are easy things. We already know those things about Antonio Brown. But this, I, I really believe that this has become psychological. I think this is. I don't believe he feels like he could function, or perform at a at a high level without this helmet. That's how bad this thing has gotten. So that's that's the funny part about this. I I find funny like he, like this has really been in his head. This has really been in his head. It really, it really is. Um, again, I don't expect him, expect him to miss any time or do do anything crazy like refuse to play regular season games if he can't, uh, if he can't use his regular helmet. But I mean, at certain points, just come on, like, man, just just put the damn, just put the damn NFL helmet on and keep it moving. Like I, I like the Raiders. Yeah, I, I think Mike Mayock, Gruden's kind of played the good cop in this. You know, Gruden said all the the right things to kind of like, you know, appease Antonio Brown, new, you know, obviously highly, obviously great player, wanting to not piss him off. Mike Mayock basically was like, look, you either all in or you all out. And Mayock, I think Mayock just had got, it's like, a, it's like enough enough. The Raiders actually have some talent on that team. I'm not even going by what they've done in preseason, but they, the Raiders have a chance to be one of those middle of the pack teams that maybe, maybe they can sneak in the back door of the playoffs. So the, the Raiders have some players. Got some decent players on that team. You know, got some nice rookie defensive players. So you know, you get an Antonio Brown. Um, we know Carr has ability. We know Carr has ability. So they, you know, they could. Who knows? They could maybe they can sneak in the playoffs at nine and seven, what have you. This is the type of stuff you don't want to be dealing with if you're Gruden or you're Mike Mayock. You know, especially your first year as the uh, general manager of that team. I mean, this is a helmet over a helmet. Over the helmet. Other thing going on. Other things going on in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Chung 
that was indicted, uh, the New England Patriot, longtime New England Patriot safety, on a cocaine charge. Uh, he had just signed an extension uh, that would go into 2021. Again, I don't get these guys who make it on the professional ranks in any sport and who who are active. You know, it's one thing for a guy to be retired or hit you know hit some hard times where he's not making any money anymore. He hasn't managed his money well, and then they go back to the streets. I'm not saying it's excusable, but you can kind of see that coming a mile away in certain cases. You're an active player coming off a team that won the Super Bowl. You're a respected player around the league, a respected, a long-time Patriot. I mean, Patrick Chung is a respected player on that team who has been the premier franchise over the course of a decade and a half. And you're not, you know, trying to play, uh, you know, Nino Brown. Like, not even Nino Brown. Like, you, you know, Pookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you doing? Are you selling it? Are you, I, I just don't know what, I don't know. <laughs> Some of these guys, especially in the NFL, uh, some of these guys just don't know what's going on inside their heads. Uh, mental illness is real, definitely for real. It was definitely real. And you got, again, you have a guy who I don't know how much money he's made over his career, but he's been in the league for a while now. And he's been again, he's been a very good player. He's not a great player. He's been a very good player um, doing this dumb shit. I right, like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I just don't get it. I mean, certain guys, again, there are certain guys who just cannot stay away from, who, who you cannot protect them, who cannot be protected from themselves. They just continuously get in their own way, um, no matter how much success, no matter how much money, fame, what have you. They just, you know, they just can't, they just can't handle, or, or you have guys, especially in the NFL, who cannot handle an offseason. The NFL, out of course, out of all sports, has the longest offseason. Now, you figure training camp, Two a days, seasons a couple weeks away. It still doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of some of these guys need that routine of just uh, playing every Sunday, practicing every practice, you know, practicing every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, walk through Saturday, things of that nature. Once they get outside, get outside that routine, they like you know become like idle children in a, in a classroom. They just lose that, you know, lose their minds. And I, you know, a lot of these guys who's in the NFL, you know have all types of issues and they happen during the off season. But again, I, I can't make any sense of why Patrick Chung would get would have would be dealing with cocaine. Like I just you know I, it just makes zero sense to me. So that you know that's you know about it as far as the NFL goes. Um again this the Jay Z rock the Jay Z NFL deal, you know will put anything to shame right now as far as attention goes. Like the NFL, uh, you know, you'll, you're, you've heard bits and pieces about the Ezekiel Elliott, you know, about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, if, you're, again, if you're the Cowboys, you sign a quarterback and move on from there and, and, and keep it, maintain your offensive line. I'm not like Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not breaking the bank for Ezekiel Elliott for, uh, with two years left on his contract. I think Dak Prescott is going to get his money. I listen. Like I don't think the Ezekiel Elliott is going to be. I, I don't think he's going to get a big contract this year. I think the Cowboys sounds like the Cowboys are willing to um, see how far they can go to play. You know, challenge him to a game of chicken and see who, and basically see who blinks first. Right now, the Cowboys have all the have the leverage. Period. They have all the leverage right now. He has two years left on his contract. They have an above-average offensive line. They have 
excellent skilled players at the, at various positions. So they have all they they have the leverage right now without question. Yeah, we mentioned earlier you have power starting back on Sunday. Um, you know, think about power. Power has been showing episodes, of course, nightly running back season five. They're going to start a marathon for all my power fanatics out there on tomorrow, starting back from, from season one and running through uh, Sunday evening, of course, up, to, up until the season premiere of season six on Sunday night. For those of you like myself, you're not going to wait till Sunday night to watch it. You know, 12.01 Sunday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, you, you're going to be watching it on Stars On Demand. This is when Stars descriptions is absolutely skyrocket because people get power people uh power comes back people get the stars at power goes off people uh unsubscribe the stars that's how that's how it's been working for the better part of the last five years now i'm definitely anticipating this season uh, i've tried to try to stay away from a lot of stuff on youtube and reading this live stuff because it, right now there's just too many leaks uh they've already showed they already showed the episode one they had a premiere in, in New York on, uh, was it two years ago, say Thursday, the 20th. Um, they already had a premiere, showed it, uh, showed season one or episode one, season six. Uh, so certainly a lot of stuff probably on the, that's certainly going to be leaking on the internet now. You know, nothing, everything is accessible at this point with how much technology we have. So I've been trying to stay away from it. Um, they have Ghost versus Tommy. And in all fairness to the writing, now listen, the thing that makes Power great is, is a character-driven show. It is a character-driven show. That's what makes Power special. The writing is average at best. It's not great. We know it's not great writing, especially on par with some of the, the classic shows that we've seen in the golden age of uh, television. But the case, this is what they do well. And I give Kent, Courtney Kemp and... Um, 50 cent credit for is they you cannot take your eyes off the, off their characters even their small bit characters uh, you know they do that do a lot of damage you saw the uh saw the character that uh on the tip of Kendrick Lamar played you know playing a crackhead this you know this schizophrenia schizophrenia crackhead so they do a great job at developing characters and having you gravitate towards their characters the one thing I will also say about Power that separates it from other shows, and again, I'm not putting Power up there as an all-time great show, but from where I, I think Power might be the greatest guilty pleasure, guilty pleasure show of all time. I really, I really believe that. I was thinking about that, you know, past couple of weeks. Like it, from where it started, remember this show started on a Saturday night, June of 2014. Okay, it was like, what's this? Okay, about a Drug dealer, club owner, what are we talking about here? No big stars. You know, a bunch of guys that a bunch of people that have bounced around, a couple couple, you know, off brand stars who off not stars, but all, you know, some actors have been, you know, have been seen, you knew who they were, but nobody to drive a show who you thought was gonna be able to drive a show. This wasn't you know, and you know, Omari Harwick, okay. I've seen him in a couple movies and what have you. Uh, the show on uh, Mary Jane and 
fifty, you know, fifty courses was it was about fifty cent and about you know his, his brand and what have you, and where from where it started to where it's at right now is this is really remarkable. I mean, for them to be able to push it back, push their season premiere basically back two months, okay, almost the end of summer, a week before Labor Day, and basically take on, basically willing to take on the NFL head on Sunday after Sunday, and then stretch it out to 2020. So they're going to do 10 episodes this fall and then do five episodes come uh, January of 2020 and do spinoffs and what have you. It, very few shows have started where they started and ended up where they've ended up. Very few shows that in the history of television, to be honest with you. So, again, 50 Cent, Courtney Kemp, you have to get them all the credit in the world. And again, I don't think the writing is trash. Like, I thought I, I thought Empire after season two was just horrible writing. I, I don't think the writing's horrible. I don't think Power's writing is bad. But, you know, it's... It's average to say. It, it, at best, it's average. But it's again, it's all about the characters. They make you you are drawn to their characters. You're absolutely drawn to their characters. And listen, twelve oh one Saturday night, Sunday morning. I'll be right there on demand, um, watching that show. It, it is again the greatest guilty pleasure show of of all time. I don't think there's any question about it. I wanted to get to, now I, mean, I understand the NBA has calmed down. Um, has finally taken a breath in terms of movement, trades, things happening in the news. But I wanted to get to one thing that, that's been coming up. And I am never one to hide any critique or criticism from LeBron James if I deem it to be constructive. But the idea that LeBron James owes it to Carmelo Anthony to have him on his team. I don't I don't understand where this is coming from. I don't understand. Like LeBron LeBron James, there's a reason why Carmelo Anthony is not on a team, uh, on any NBA team. And it's not because of LeBron it's not because of LeBron James. There's a reason why Carmelo Anthony is 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 out of the league right now. So you tell you, I mean you to, uh, does anybody realistically believe that if LeBron James believed that Carmelo Anthony could help him get closer to a fourth ring, that that Carmelo that LeBron that Carmelo Anthony wouldn't be a Los Angeles Laker today, because I feel like people are putting this on putting the emphasis. I can't. Yes, I am defending LeBron James as hard as it may be for anyone out there to believe that I am actually I'm actually defending LeBron James, but I can't put Carmelo not having a job on LeBron James. It's just, it's just not fair. I mean, you just, you just can't do it. There are 29 other teams outside of the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers are not the only team in the NBA. And 29 other teams outside the Los Angeles Lakers do not, don't want Carmelo Anthony. Plain and pure and simple. There's no two ways about it. So I don't see how, again, how you can put that onus or emphasis on Carmelo Anthony at all. I mean, excuse me, on LeBron James. I just don't see it.
college football a couple of days away. Um, big matchup this week. You're going to have Miami and Florida before everybody gets into gear come the following week. If, you know, listen, college football will be defined by Alabama and Clemson and maybe Georgia to a lesser extent. But one thing I'm looking at, I'll be looking for in the college football season are the quarterbacks. You have three guys who are probably going to be, without question, top 10 picks, if not higher, in Tugabalua, Justin Abe Herbert, and Jake Fromm, all will be competing for a Heisman Trophy. And three guys that will, again, define the college football season because everybody in the NFL, of course, is always looking for the, is looking for the next great quarterback. Uh, you have some older guys in the NFL who are not getting any younger, who are, who are on their way out, whether – you know, Eli Manning, um, Drew Brees, who knows how many years he has left. Phillip Rivers, there are a number of, there are a few guys with, with some years on him. Tom Brady, who knows how many years he has left. So, you know, this class of quarterbacks coming into 2020 is going to be highly sought, at, sought after. The, the Lawrence kid from Clemson is not going to be ready until 2021. He'll be without question. Um, the number one draft pick in the 2021 um, NFL draft. But these three guys, uh, Tuga Valuva, Herbert, and Fromm, are guys to watch uh, in, regards to college, in regards to the college football. Um, because we already know from a team standpoint, in regards to the teams, you know, who's who and who, you know, who is at the top of the food chain. And it, it won't, it has not changed. You, know, you have Alabama, Clemson, Clemson, Clemson Alabama, Georgia, um, Ohio State, those teams will be legit. Uh, we'll see if Florida State can bounce back from um, uh, just a horrible year. Too much talent not to bounce back, but we'll, but we'll see. But uh, this, could, this is going to be a quarterback-dominated season in regards to the um, in regards to the NFL. So we'll see how that we'll see how that turns out. As we get you know we get ready for not the NFL in regards to the uh, college football season, but again twenty fourth. You have uh, Florida and Miami. Then everything gets into gear. Um, everything will get into gear come uh, next come next week. So we'll see. Um, college football again. Football is, is football is obviously is obviously here. Uh, NFL still a couple of weeks away. Last pro, you know last preseason uh, dress rehearsal for the uh, for the players this you know you know this Thursday through uh, through Saturday. Um, you have uh, a number. You have power coming back on Sunday. Uh, you have a situation where, again, one of the great come-ups of any show in television history that power that power went through. As far as hip hop goes, tomorrow Jeezy coming out, Rhapsody is coming out. Uh, Rhapsody to me uh, is by far, it's not even close, by far the best female rapper out there. A lot of people are considering her to be top five lyricists right now. Uh, I would have to, I would have to think about that more, but uh, you know, looking forward to her follow up out follow uh, follow up album. The Jeezy coming out, Raphael Sadiq is coming out tomorrow. So big we a big Friday of music um, uh, in regards to releases tomorrow. Again, I told you. I don't know if I said it on my last podcast. It came, did it come out last week or yeah, I think it came out last week. I love the new Snoop album. I love it. Even like twenty, it's twenty nine. Listen, it's twenty two tracks. You could probably toss away about four or five of them, but 
out, you know, out 22 tracks, it was probably 15 to 16 that strong. Again, you know, when you've been around that long, you don't forget how to rap. I don't care how much money you made. I don't care how many other endeavors you've been involved with. Um, again, the production is crazy in the album. A number, you know, Snoop always had that, you know, that silky melodic flow um, that hasn't went away. Uh, but again, I strongly recommend that album, especially if you're over the age of 35. Over the age of 35 is, is definitely an album. But, you know, for the old heads. In regards, to, in regards to the story, and the reason why I didn't do a podcast on Tuesday. So, Tuesday, we've been, been one of the hottest summers in recent memory. The highest July, maybe, I think, ever on record around the country. Um, we got a couple of weeks of relief. And August this past, a couple of weeks in August, especially this week, has been ridiculous. So, it's already hot, 95 degrees, 94, 95 degrees. I get I get caught up in one of the, the worst thunderstorms that I've ever seen in person. Um, on the metro, get basically put off two metro trains because I'm sure because of the storm. Get outside again, well protect well protected as far as I didn't feel like I was ever going to get was going to get struck by lightning. But again, a bunch of it's windy. The wind is gusting about 70 miles, 50, 70, 80 miles an hour. Rain all over the place. People screaming on the metro, being extra. Uh, shout out to the Green Line, but you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the next train. And about the time I got home, it was, it was a wrap. I, I, at that point, I was mentally checked out. It was, you didn't want to hear me on the podcast on Tuesday. It, it would have been some shit. So, and then you know, what did I watch? I ended up just laying down. I ended up going to sleep. I went to sleep. I just I had Monday or Tuesday. Normally I do it on either on Monday and Tuesday. So um but then that that the rain so the thunderstorm was only like an hour. It rained hard for like an hour. Not rain, thunderstorm, rain, wind, like a monsoon out there. Uh but luckily got home safe, thankfully got home um safe and just went to bed. Yeah. Not twenty five anymore, folks. Not you know, seventeen, not twenty one. Days are gone. Days are over, so um, got some good sleep. We're here now on this uh, on this Thursday, one of our rare Thursday podcasts. Uh, you will be hearing from me soon. We have some uh, I have some couple things lined up for our, for this pod for for this podcast in the near future. So be on the lookout for that. And the next time we do this we do this podcast, it will be the season twelve premiere. Of the real deal podcast, the shirt is always is already in. I'll be wearing it tomorrow. So, thank you for all your support over these last eleven years. Now, soon twelve years. That's gonna wrap this edition of the real deal podcast. This is the real deal podcast, keeping it real with no apologies. I'm out. <laughs>